Today on Crawl Call, it's the day after Thanksgiving and we're thanking our listeners by giving you a look behind the scenes of Crawl Call. What does it really take to get this show on the air each and every week? Plus, we're giving you the gift of music with some songs that we just can't get out of our heads. Prepare to sing along, probably for the rest of the weekend. That's what's coming up today on Crawl Call. Welcome to another episode of Kroll Call. Thank you so much for joining us on this Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Some of you may be out doing some bargain shopping. Some of you may be back resting up because, you know, it's 6 o'clock here in the East. You may actually have been done with some of your Black Friday shopping for the past 12 hours or maybe even longer. Whatever you've been doing today, whatever you plan to do, we are so thankful that you are here listening to the show. In fact... I'm so thankful that I wanted to give you guys a look behind the scenes of Kroll Call to find out what it takes to get this show off of the ground each and every week. We've been doing it now for 300 and some odd weeks. It's about six years. Very excited that we are still here. Very excited that we're still going strong. Very excited that you are still along for the ride. So on today's show, you are going to get to meet some of the people who are behind the scenes, the folks that you don't hear on the mic each and every week. But without them, when I get into the studio and sit down in front of the microphone, there wouldn't be any show that would be broadcast to you. There's also going to be some folks who help get the guests. Otherwise, I would have no one to talk to here on the show. One of the things that we like to do around the holidays is we like to incorporate music. I say we. It was really my idea to do this. And... This is going to be no exception. Last year, we did some lost hits of the 80s and 90s, and this year, we are going to be picking our favorite earworms. These are songs that will randomly pop up in our heads. Perhaps a song comes on on the PA while you're at the supermarket, and for the rest of the day, you are now singing Britney Spears or Michael Jackson or Adele. Who knows what it might be, but... We're going to be sharing those over the course of the next hour. But of course, as is always the case, we want to know what songs get stuck in your head. So if you are so inclined before we put other songs in there, hit us up on Twitter. It's either at Kroll Call Show, that's the official Twitter account for this show, or you can message me directly at Dan J. Kroll. Let me know what songs you find yourself singing And if you want, tell me the last place that you sang them inappropriately. Could be a lot of fun. So, without further ado, what do you say we get on with this show and let you know some of the folks who help me sound so good each and every week? I think that there is no better way to start this show, our behind-the-scenes look at Kroll Call, than by bringing on the person who, without them... 
I would not be here. No, it's not my mom. It is the fella who talked me into hosting a show now almost six years ago. He has many titles, but I think the most important one for me is I consider him a friend. He is John Missile. John, what is your official title? Before we get into the hellos and all the other stuff, what is your real title? Well, my my real title is director of TV programming and a senior executive producer for Voice America Talk Radio. Now that we have that, now I can say hello. <laughs> hello and welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> and thank you so much. Uh, you know, I kind of like that title, friend. It's uh, probably better than any of the other ones. Uh, kind of value that word when it comes to people. Yeah, because, you know, uh, I think people throw it around an awful lot. I'm not one of them because I don't really care for very many people. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that. <laughs> when I do, when I do, it's nice to to keep those people sticking around and and all of that. So let's find out how you fell into my sort of atmosphere of all things scroll. We're going all the way back before 2010 when this show and its uh, previous incarnation of Soap Central Live when it started. So we're going back even before then. How did we come into contact? How did you end up in the Kroll universe? Well, you know, they say, you know, everybody has connections everywhere. Uh, I have a cousin who I hadn't talked to for a while, and she's very proud of her writing. And I was chatting with her one day. She lives in San Diego, and she was telling me she knew how much through the years that a uh, story I'm not going to get into, but how I've always followed General Hospital and how she wrote a column for you. And my brain said, there's a million people out there that would love to hear about radio, or probably on radio, about soaps also, because I don't know of any talk shows that can get into it as much or were in-depth. So I asked her for your contact information. I went and perused your site, gave you a call, and we meshed, and here we are six years later. So doing that, how, I mean, I guess the thing that I really want people to sort of understand is they can tune in to Voice America every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for the live show where they can check out any of the past shows that we've done on demand. It's, of course, it's completely free. They can stream them anytime. How does this show sort of come to be? And, you know, we're going to be talking to people all hour who are working behind the scenes to make sure that Kroll Call gets on the air every week. But in sort of a basic terms, how does it go from you saying, hey there, Sparky, would you like to do a show? How does it go from that to what we're doing now, you know, sitting here the day after Thanksgiving and, and talking about all sorts of things and playing some music coming up in a bit? Well, uh, uh, without being technical, as you asked, uh, People never realize the, the work and effort to go into a show. They just think that from what they've seen, it's somebody that walks into a studio, gets on a mic, and they're either popular or they're not, and they have a couple of guests on because they're used to late-night television, and here's a guest for five minutes, and okay, thanks, you got to promote what you wanted to go and get off. The work behind it and the way that the Internet obviously has just exploded through the years, and especially in media, there's about it, you know, there's an interview, there's a vetting process here, uh, there's a, always a meeting between the, uh, the management staff to discuss people that uh, we'd like to bring on or people that we want to partner with to do shows because, as they say in the industry, to be the best 
you need content, and content is king. And people that can conduct themselves in professional manners and going forward. Once that all transpires and it's approved, uh, you and I got together. Uh, we picked out a time slot that was available and a day of the week that was available, and, and we thought best fit your schedule and what you wanted to do and your audiences. Then we go into what's called a pre-production period for eight weeks, and that's when all the assets of the shows are built. Your opening, closing billboards, your rejoiners, your commercials, all your branding for your banners, uh, your e-cards, a host page on our network, uh, everything that's needed. Uh, that all goes back to a radio host for their, their final approval so that we're all on the same page with, with absolutely everything. And then the host goes into host training, uh, so they learn the technical aspects because the beauty of Internet radio is you and your guests, as you know, can be absolutely anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So you'll get that training. Uh, I would like to say before you move on to that, I got the training. I'm pretty sure that I'm not following any of the training that I received, but for some strange reason it works for me. <laughs> I think you can... I think you follow the training really well, and I say that not because you are my host, but because you people don't even have a clue of how much communication while you're talking and how much skill that takes during a show. You're communicating instant messenger with your live engineer. Uh, he's giving you cues in and out of breaks. You're giving him cues of as he's screening call-ins from your audience of who you're going to take next and where they're from so that you can lead into them properly. It, 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 not everyone can do that. I mean, you know, a lot of people think they can do it, but it takes a certain amount of skill. That's why we always start people here on 13-week pilot series because it has to be a fit for them. It has to be a fit for the network. Um, and, you know, you may do a couple little things differently, Dan, but that's also the beauty of talk radio. If everybody did everything the same way, we could just put one show on all day and play it over and over and over again, and, you know, because and change the topic because that would be, you know. You know thing. what? That's not in my contract. I may be contractually obligated to Voice America for the next 714 years or episodes or whatever it is, but I am not doing 24-7 crawl call for your network. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I, I think it would be an interesting concept to do a do a, <laughs> uh, a cold call marathon and see how long you could last before you pass out. Could you imagine? Hour seventy two. I'm sitting here licking brownie brittle crumbs off of my desk. Back we to could, you. <laughs> hey, you know we could we could do something like a like a cold call survivor show and see how long you and your guests can last and who gets voted off because they're falling asleep. I think I would be voted off awfully quickly. Uh, but I mentioned food, so I have to ask. You know, it's day after Thanksgiving. Uh, one of the things I love talking about on this show is food. Do you have a favorite? Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I've heard. I, every now and again, I like to do it. Is there anything when holiday time rolls around, uh, be it Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, New Year's, whatever, just holidays in general, is there any particular food that you think is best or most tasty around the holidays? Uh, without a doubt, and, and this is me particular, Christmas and Thanksgiving, turkey and mashed potatoes, green beans. I know you're not a veggie guy, but... I like green beans. They're one of the few vegetables right. I'll eat. Okay. 
you know, done properly, of course. And then the next day, so you can have those cold turkey sandwiches, or you can heat up the mashed potatoes, or you can make potato pancakes out of the leftover mashed potatoes, should there be any left. And I did leave out dressing because over the last 10 years or so, I've become um, uh, very enamored with different kind of dressings. Hmm. But yeah, I look I look forward to it that sometimes I even have the, those kind of feasts at other times of the year when they're not holidays. What kind of dressings are you wearing, John? Is it a blue dress? Do you remember the blue dress from 1980? <laughs> yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I think it was on a cruise ship one time, um, and uh, I think that was, what, episode 7, Dan, of your I, show? <laughs> I believe that it was. I'm sure that it was because, you know. So one of the things that I want to let people know is, you know, they, they hear what goes on here, and they hear the show, and they tune in, and there's a guest, and they know the guest is coming, and we announce it and do the social media there are times, John, I know this may be hard to believe, but there are times that, you know, half an hour before a show, a live broadcast, a guest has had to reschedule. And I reach out to you, and I'll, I'll let you do an impression of what I, I probably sound like, but I reach out to you and say, Help! Help! <laughs> help me! There's no one for my show! Um... <laughs> And and I don't know what to do. And and you know you've pulled strings. You've called people. We've we've rounded up people. It's, it's like herding cats. Sometimes we get someone, and we get on the air, and the show goes off, and no one even knows that you know we were crazy beforehand. That to me is probably one of the most fun parts of this show. Is really not knowing what's going to happen on a live broadcast. And. And you know what, to, to me personally, as an executive producer, but also as a fan of, of, various, of your show, obviously, but of, of various shows, that's what makes the difference between an extremely successful radio show and, you know, radio is, this is not Radio 1950 anymore, where everything is scripted down to the second. If you and I want to go off into a tangent for 15 minutes and it's that interesting to us, I guarantee you it's that interesting to an audience and they appreciate it. Or, you know, I've always said, and you've heard this, Dan, it's what I hate about late night television. As much as I loved Letterman and I love Johnny Carson and et cetera, et cetera, I might be dating myself, but, you know, they bring somebody on. I just start to get interested because I want to learn something about them. And it's like, okay, thanks for being here. See you, great. We promoted your thing. Go watch their movie on Tuesdays, you know, releases or Wednesday, whatever. And that's the beauty of talk radio and being spontaneous. Is that if it's that interesting, it's like I just had an intelligent conversation and I got to share it with the world. And I think an audience loves that. I think it's one of the things that makes your show so successful is you're not just interviewing the uh, and I've lost count, but I, I'm guessing it was so far we're up to somewhere over 280 Emmy nominated people and 220 winners or something crazy like that is the numbers. It sounds about right. And, and you know, and I, I think I agree with you. I think that's one of the reasons that for me, I wanted to fiddle with the format of the show was because of as much as I, I love everything that I do with SoapCentral.com and I love interviewing the folks and we still have soap stars here regularly on Curl Call, it was that I wanted to be able to expand the scope of the show to be able to talk about other things, other things that we're interested in. And there are even some folks who are in the world of soaps, the world of daytime, that would prefer to come on and not really have to talk all about soap. 
they would like to be able to talk about their other projects or their charitable stuff in the scope of not having to worry about um, being solely talking about soap. So, you know, we, we changed the name, went from Soap Central Live, went to Crawl Call, talking about all sorts of fun things, talk about food, talk about, you know, nonsense in, in 15-minute tangents and all of those other things. And I think that as long as I continue to enjoy this show and have fun, I'm hoping that, you know, I can at least convince the people out there that they should listen as well. You know, and, and, and again, I, I'm going to say this from a, a very unbiased uh, opinion. I, I think it was a great move, and it opened up so many other avenues to not only get information out to the world that might be pertinent, but you know, I think it's what made this show so much more successful than people that are trying to do what you do all the time is because it's really getting to know the people. It's not throwing a star out there like on the, you know, as we know on the red carpet and let them put the smile on and answer the same question 27 times. It's, you know, I, I can remember a show and I think it was like, uh, um, uh, Mr. Rowell and her husband were on. Mm-hmm. And I think 30 minutes of the show was different recipes and farm animals. And, uh, oh, I know that was, uh, that was, uh, Terrell Tilford and Victoria Platt. Yes. His wife. Oh, and they okay. were talking about, um, you know, they want to have a farm, but they can't have a, a pet cow because they can't, you know, slaughter their own pet cow. Absolutely. One yeah. of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. I mean, that was just, I mean, where would they get insight? Where would you feel like you really just got to know somebody, um, than a show like this, and I don't think anybody else is doing anything like this. I really don't. I, I, just, I think they're looking for the glitz, glamour, and give me a little piece of nugget where I can go make go viral with. And I think it's, you know, I'm bored by asking people the same questions. Um, I, I'm bored by saying, so, what is your all-time favorite episode? That just is, <laughs> outside of the fact that the voice is creepy. Um, is that Nana's voice? N- no, Nana's... What are you doing down there? Nana's more <laughs> New Yorkish, even though she's never probably even been to New York. I don't know. Um, I just want to know things that people want to know, not rather than things that people are always asking. And one of the other things that I like to do is to find out what makes people tick, which, John, leads us to the other thing that we're going to be doing all hour. You know, around the holidays, we like to mix a little bit of our talk in with our music shows. Last year at this time, we were doing Lost Hits of the 80s and 90s. And for 2015, we're going to be doing Earworms. You will hate us after the show is over, but that will make me love you even more. (laughs) We're picking songs, John, that get into our head randomly. Maybe we're in the shower. Maybe we're driving down the the, the highway. Maybe we're uh, in the pool or whatever it is we're doing. And a song will get in there. And we can't get rid of it. And then you'll be, you know, wandering around for the rest of the day singing the Titanic song and thinking you're Celine Dion. And people will say to you, you know, dude, what the hell is with the Celine Dion and punching your chest and singing? So I want to find out from you, what is your big earworm song? What is a song? I'm sure there's more than one. What are, what's a song that gets in there and you just find yourself uncontrollably singing or humming along to? Well, I, I, you know, I have such varied tastes in music, uh, and there's not much music that I, I, I don't really enjoy, and I probably have about five different ones a week, but one always comes back to me at least once a week. Our office and studios are about a mile, maybe a mile and a half max from the airport, so constantly during the day, you don't always hear them, but... You can go out and look up in the sky, and every time you see it, I just think about leaving on a jet plane. 
I knew that's what you were going. That is probably one of, uh, I would say, one of the most iconic songs. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Going back to, yeah. I think, the 60s, like 1967 or so. That's a yeah, great I, I song. I to admit that I remember when that song was released. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, because it, 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 I think when you look up in the sky to me and you see a plane and you, and you know that song and you think about that song, it reminds you of hey, I went here at this time, or maybe this is when I went to Hawaii, or maybe this is when I went to Europe, or this is when I went to San Diego, or, you know, wherever you were going, you know, that strikes your mind at that particular time, and it's just, it's that sense of freedom, I think, is what it is. Well, John, I don't know how you'll be doing it, but you will now be leaving the show because we're out of time for this segment. I do want to thank you so much for dropping by. This is really my day after Thanksgiving. Thank you to everyone who helps put this show together and has put this show together. So uh, it's to let you know, you know, hey, you're appreciated. Hey, Dan, and, and, and sincerely, I, I, I do appreciate that. And sincerely, I think of you as a friend, not an acquaintance. But also on behalf of the network, uh, uh, we'd like to thank you for the awesome job that you do and uh, and everything you do for the network and, and your audience for being so loyal because uh, it's it's a terrific show and uh, and I hope it continues to grow and I hope uh, that you are here for these last 714 years of your contract. Well, well. We are going to take a listen now to Leaving on a Jet Plane. While Peter, Paul, and Mary may not know when they'll be back again, I'll be back in just a couple of minutes with more of the Behind the Scenes team. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. But the dawn is breaking. It's early morn. He's waiting, he's blowing his horn Already I'm so lonesome I could cry So kiss me and smile for me Tell me that you'll wait for me Hold me like you'll never let me go I'm leaving on a jet plane I don't So many times I've let you down So many times I've played around I tell you now they don't mean a thing Every place I go I think of you Every song I sing I sing for you When I come back I'll wear your wedding
leave alone about the time I won't have to say. We are continuing with our look behind the scenes here of Kroll Call, finding out what it takes each and every week to get this show on the air. And as I'm sure you know by now, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Joining me now is another one of the amazing Voice America team. It's Jeff Gerstle. He is the director of host services. Jeff, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing really good. You know, it's the day after Thanksgiving, and I am just sort of sitting here eating pie, eating cake. I was going to say, are you a little bit stuffed now? Because I sure am. <laughs> kind of. So, Director of Host Services, I think everyone needs to know, first of all, what exactly does that mean? What is it that, uh, what are host services, and what exactly are you directing? It's more like, what don't I direct, pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, actually... I'm kind of the customer service, you know, the leader of the customer service department here at Voice America. Um, but more importantly, I help the shows like yours get on the air. So I kind of prep everybody over a six to eight week pre-production period where, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what kind of banners, what kind of graphics you want to use for the show, what kind of audio, voice talent, music, et cetera. Um, you know, I help set up to actually do set up the pages. Uh, and get everything going, and then I write the scripts for the uh, for the audio tracks and for what goes on the page. So there's a lot of things that go on during that point. And then once the show launches, I don't hear anything. No thanks, no nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I don't really hear from the host much anymore. Uh, in fact, I think this might be the first time you and I have talked in uh, quite a few years. So You know, but, uh, better late than never. It exactly. may have taken six years or so, give or take, but it's the day yeah, after I mean, Thanksgiving. I only, you know? I only hear from people when there's a problem, and you know your show never has a problem, so I, I guess that makes you, a, you know, just a really great host to work with. Well, there are always problems. I think in these last six years, and it's not necessarily anyone's doing. A lot of it is is mine. I think the biggest thing, the only thing that has ever really been a crazed issue, and I think folks already know this, Jeff, so we're not mm -hmm. telling anything out of school, is I think in my second year, there was some sort of crazy accident out in your area, out in Arizona, and mm -hmm. I don't know what happened, but it took out power lines and whatever, and I was about 30 seconds from air, and all the power went off in like the entire West Coast somewhere. And I was like, uh-oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, well, so I remember that so well, and only for the reason is I'm not actually in Arizona. Oh, okay. I, I'm based in San Diego, California, which, you know, is a little nicer than Arizona yeah, sometimes. I'll but, definitely uh, agree to that. <laughs> but, yeah, I work out of the San Diego you know, satellite office, and, uh, 
you know, I've been here with the predecessor of World Talk Radio as well for a number of years before, so I think it's, uh, oh, I want to say it's about 12 or 13 years I've been with in this industry now with this company, but um, the last, I would say, seven, almost eight years with uh, Voice America itself. So with the seven to eight years, give me and let folks out there know some of the uh, some of the cool things, some of the, the fun things. I talked to Ryan earlier, and we were talking mm-hmm. about you know the idea that people can listen to live streaming radio content on a mobile device. That's kind of cool. From your side, yeah. what are some of the fun things or cool things that you've experienced over the last seven to eight years? Well, it really doesn't have that much to do with the technology. I mean, the technology is great and all that, but for me, it comes to learning about so many different people and so many different industries and so many different, you know, types of shows. Uh, It's kind of funny. I was telling somebody the the other day, I can be writing for a sports show one minute, and then the next minute it's a show about real estate. And then the next minute it's, you know, one of the metaphysical type shows, like, you know, astrology or something like that. Or it could be a fun show like, you know, Crow Call. <laughs> you know, which, telling you about Hollywood and doesn't something really... like that, which, which I find fascinating and interesting. And being here on the West Coast, it's you know something I'm kind of tuned into. I, I do like that. You, there's a, there could be a show about sports. There could be a show about real estate. There could be a show yeah. about money. There, and then there's me. That it could just be a show that <laughs> anything could possibly fun and any, anything goes. And no, I'm not saying our other hosts aren't fun because there's there's some that are very fun. Oh, absolutely. I've but, listened to some of the shows. There's a lot of fun going on. But it's so funny how many little you know, tidbits of information you pick up just from working with the hosts. And then you know, it comes in really handy later when you're doing trivia games and things like that at parties. But, or you just kind of talk about topics you know, based on what you found out. And it's, it's kind of fascinating. The technology is great, but you know, Ryan is more of a technology person, and I'm more of a content and you know, uh, lear- learning type of person. So... You know, that's what I find the best thing here. I think it is important to note, while this show is uh, really about all the things that go on behind the scenes at Curl Call, there are, um, you know, contrary to what may people re- may realize when they tune in every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, there are a lot of other shows on Voice America. There are, as you were talking, pretty much any topic that you can come up with. There's a whole bunch of different channels. There's, what, eight, right, there, eight there's different about eight channels, channels now. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places and a lot of things to do. So, if you enjoy what you hear and you know, want to hear more, there are certainly other shows that you can explore and, and find all those mm-hmm. things out. And while you're exploring that, you will learn things about people, like we are about to learn about Jeff. I mentioned, of course, yesterday, Thanksgiving, people are, are still recuperating or maybe they're you know beating each other up trying to get dollar televisions or something. What is yeah. your favorite part about the Thanksgiving meal? Do you have a, a favorite dish? Do you have a favorite thing that you know you always look forward to every year? My wife is a gourmet chef. Oh, wow. So if, and she's usually in charge of dessert. So if I don't say her pecan pie and her pumpkin pie... Uh, I might as well be walking into divorce court right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, the dessert that my wife does is outstanding, and everybody goes nuts for it. Um, when my grandparents were still alive, um, that was what they looked forward to every Thanksgiving. They said, you know, when are we going to get one of Rachel's pies? You know, they were they were putting in their orders for pies in October because they wanted to make sure that, you know, we were going to come for Thanksgiving, so... 
I like that idea. I'm filling yeah. out my form now. I'll submit a pie, <laughs> a pie order shortly. But while we're doing that, the other thing that we're talking about, in addition to you know finding out what goes behind the scenes and finding out what people like about Thanksgiving, we also are asking about these little earworm songs. So, Jeff, okay. we've heard in the course of this hour so far, we've heard some very interesting selections. And I know that there's some background for you that I can't wait to find out what you come up with. So, first of all, yeah, well, what is I this mean, song? Let's, let's preface it with um, about 30 years ago, almost to the day now, I started working at the age of 16 at a Top 40, the number one station in Monterey, California, Northern California. And uh, I was a DJ there at a couple of stations in Monterey, about three stations here in San Diego, um, and before I decided to move upwards and onwards into talk radio, I actually hosted a show myself for six years with, with uh, the network. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I always have some song stuck in my head. It's usually a more obscure song. But the one that's stuck in my head right now is Where's Your Head At by Basement Jacks. Basement and I'll tell Jacks. you why it's stuck in my head. It wasn't even that big of a hit. Yeah, it, I don't know if you know the song, um, but... I've been watching um, on Hulu. Oh, can I say can I say a, like a, a competing service on the air? I guess I can. But uh, on Hulu, I was watching uh, the Neil Patrick Harris Best Time Ever, you know, the variety show. Mm-hmm. And he has some segment. I've watched three episodes in a row, and he has some segment where he plays that song uh, as an intro to that segment. And so. I was watching it last night, and now that song is stuck in my head. <laughs> there are, and folks may not be as familiar with Basement Jacks, there are a bunch of songs. I think probably their biggest hit, could be wrong, I think might be Good Luck. Uh, it goes back to like 2003 or so. Um, yeah, th- this one's about almost a, almost that old, I think, isn't it? I kind of think that it is. It's For me, I, I compare them, for folks who want to go back a little bit longer in time, to someone, not the same type of music, but the same concept here of Enigma, where Enigma was around forever, and people uh-huh. will know one or two songs. They'll know the Return to Innocence, or they'll know Sadness. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things... Which are you... both, like, completely different songs. They are, and, of course, yeah. now those are going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank uh, you, Dave. Sorry, but that's the purpose of the show. Um, for me, it's one of those things where you... It's a, a, an artist where you have to go, and you really have to listen to an entire CD or entire catalog or poke around or, you know, go onto a, a streaming music site and listen to the snippets because their songs are so diverse, depending mm-hmm. upon what your mood is or what your tastes are, that may be, you know, you, you may find something, and, and that's a good way to discover new music. And that's what makes a good a good band. I mean, we used to talk about that in radio all the time, is, you know, something that can just be so dramatically different. I love when people break out of their, you know, niche of, of regular music. That, to me, is sort of like, oh gosh, this is going to be silly. Uh, I love, like, old 80s and 90s sitcoms, that one day or one episode per season where they did the serious show. Where, <laughs> the you know, very special episode. <laughs> or it's, you know, it's the facts of life, but this is the episode where Blair gets into a car accident, and will she have her face restored? Um, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or the, the, I think the most famous Different Strokes episode was the one with Gordon Jump, where he played like a child molester. Yes! 
And uh, we all knew Gordon Jump from WKRP and things like that, and he was such a nice guy, and oh my god. That's where they were doing, he wanted to take the photographs. Yes! Yes! I rem- oh my Yeah, maybe god. we should not be talking about this. No! <laughs> uh, no, allegedly, no. No, but it, it's, it's, it's weird how things like this stick into your head. It's the same with TV, it's the same with music, yeah. and the only... Good thing about a show like this, I mean, they'll be able to download this for free or listen and stream it anytime they want. It's completely right. free. Is that for you, based on the track record, it'll be another six years before you have to talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'd like to talk to you more often because I'm interested in what you talk about in your show. But, uh, you know, if you don't want to call me for six years, that's up to you. <laughs> uh, that, that makes me think maybe we'll have to play uh, Call Me Maybe by uh, What's-Her-Face, uh, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae like. Jepsen. Yeah, okay, there you go. That sounds like an earworm. But before then, I, we have to play the song, but I do want to thank you, Jeff, for taking some time out, for being here, for being part of this. Really, for me, it's a thank you show to everybody who helps me get this show together and who's kept it on the air for the past uh, about six years now. Well, we, we want to thank you for being a host with the network and for having such an entertaining show. And uh, again, I hope it's another, it's been six years. I hope it's another six, maybe, maybe 12. More than that, actually. Let's keep going. Let's, let's shoot for an even hundred. In the meantime, <laughs> let's listen to Basement Jacks.
joining me now for our look behind the scenes of Curl Call and all of the things that, you know, go on to make this show each and every week is Ryan Treasure. He's the VP of Operations for Voice America. Ryan, VP of Operations, I'm liking this. I want uh, I want a fun title too. Well, you can be the uh, VP of Coolness. We'll work on it. I, I, I don't think I'm qualified for that position, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so VP of Operations, to me, I mean, I know what you do for me in the show, and we're going to let folks know that as well. But VP of Operations sounds like there's an awful lot. Operations, a lot of things going on. So let me let you tell everybody, what exactly is it that you do in your position? Um, yeah, I'm a VP of Operations for VoiceAmerica.com and uh, VoiceAmerica.tv. Uh, I work with the uh, host services and production department uh, in managing the day-to-day operations uh, for uh, basically our entire operation here. Um, I work with Randy, the production manager, uh, for all of the live radio shows and working with the engineers who run those shows. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Jeff Gerstel and our social media team. I work with them as well um, on host services or customer support for all of our clients and just like yourself, Dan. Uh, and then I also work with our web development team in helping to, uh, you know, further the reach, brand, and scope of the voiceamerica.com website uh, and all the different places that uh, we syndicate our content to. Uh, and then making sure that, uh, you know, the internal IT infrastructure here at the office and in the studio is all working uh, top notch. Well, it, it's fun that you say that because folks out there, we're going to geek out for just a moment. There's a lot of technical stuff, Ryan, that goes on in your daily routine. So I want to find out what has been the coolest or what has been, you know, the uh, tech thing that you've most been fascinated with over the years. Anything that you have encountered and been like, wow, this is really kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just the whole concept of, you know, mobile computing and, you know, people's ability to consume content anywhere, anytime on any device that they choose. Um, I think that's probably the, you know, from a, from a tech standpoint, that's, you know, gotta be the hugest leap in, uh, consumption of content globally in the last 10 years. And, um, also the part that I find the most interesting too, you know, um, I think there's probably more, you know, mobile devices in the United States than there are human beings, um, which really lends way to, um, you know, getting the word out about the type of programming that we do here at Voice America and that you do for Crowcall. So how many mobile devices do you have? Um, well, my home has probably four or five. Um, you know, I, I have my phone, my wife has hers, uh, and then we have a couple of tablets and a couple of laptops, uh, and they're all generally running something all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to count. I'm just looking in this room alone, and I probably have that. And if I wander outside of my little uh, office here, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's strange. I'm going back to, you know, thinking in, in the 20 years that I've been doing what I'm doing, the idea of ever being able to stream audio content the way that we're doing, the way that, you know, Voice America does every single day. I don't think that that was even thought of as being possible. That, honestly, that was the stuff from Star Trek. The idea that people could sit around or be wherever they are and broadcast a show once a week, I know some folks on Voice America have a show more than, than once a week, but this was the thing of radio. This was not something that computers could be doing. 
Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It, it is, you know, every time I take out my phone, you know, and I dial up an app or I, you know, uh, you know, consuming some CNN content or, uh, you know, news or whatever it is, you know, I do, I'm reminded of, you know, scenes from the original uh, Star Trek, you know, when they, they whip out their mobile device and they call Scotty to beam them up. And, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, watching old Dick Tracy and he would dial up and talk to people through his watch and, you know, looking at, you know, the Samsung watch and the Apple watch and the other, you know, multitude of Bluetooth devices that are out there, that, um, you know, type of connectivity um, is, is really right here in, in our backyard and it's here right now. And I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. It's really the future of, you know, all things digital. I, I would imagine at some point a desktop computer would be obsolete and we'll all just be having uh, our, our, our laptop and computing devices in the form of tablets and mobile phones. Well, I don't know if this will, uh, you know, break any confidentiality, but for folks who are wondering, the next big development at Voice America is they are working on an app that will beam me directly into the homes of everyone. So I will just be doing, you know, a live crawl call show from your living room, from your office, from your car if you if you want to. Um yeah, don't forget, Dan, it's going to be a 3D hologram projected image as well that, you know, this is going to be part of that new technology. Okay, I thought it was just actually physically me. I thought we were going to somehow <laughs> send me through. I could be interesting. There's a lot of places I'd like to go. So with that and a lot of places you'd like to go, yesterday was Thanksgiving. I need to find out from you, what is typically your favorite Thanksgiving meal or part of the meal, I guess? Um, you know, my, my mother has this, uh, recipe for, uh, rolls that's been passed down, uh, for, uh, through our family for several generations. My mom would probably be about the fifth or sixth generation that has had this recipe. And so, you know, maybe weird. I like regular Thanksgiving, but my favorite thing about Thanksgiving is taking leftover turkey and making sandwiches out of these rolls that my mother makes. And that to me is the, is, is the kicker for Thanksgiving, um, you know, and being able to just, you know, eat the leftovers and, and watch a lot of football. You can't go wrong with good bread. I love no. bread. I could eat. Yeah. 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 I have a bread addiction. I'm sure of that. <laughs> well, that is the perfect segue to the other thing that we are talking about today, Ryan, we are talking about, you know, sometimes there are these songs that will get into your head and you can't shake them. It may be that you're in the shower and, you know, you're lathering up and all of a sudden Justin Bieber pops into your head. Or you're thinking Barry Manilow as you're vacuuming the, the floors or driving down the hallway or to the highway or somewhere and, you know, Whitney Houston the, or the, the Titanic song. All of these songs get into your head and you can't stop yourself from singing them. So I need to know from you. Of all of the many songs in the universe, what is the one that you find the most getting stuck into your head and will at least admit to? You're going to laugh. I'm taking it back to the 80s. Okay. Uh, long hair, bands. Um, I get uh, Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard stuck in my head on a constant basis. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, do you do the, do we have, you know, like peace sides of the air? Are you headbanging me? Are you, I, I need to know when you're singing this song or when it's in your head, you know, give me a, give me a typical scenario here. It's, it, it's, it's at the most inopportune and odd times, you know, um, I'll be sitting in management meetings here at Voice America with CEO and CFO and all of a sudden I have pour some sugar on me in my head. 
Um, and it's not the whole song. It's only the chorus, and it just goes over and over and over. Um, and I, it, it's weird. I don't even know why it pops up, but it, it is the one that pops up in my mind most of the time when music pops into my brain. <laughs> well, I think what we need to do then is we need to share this with the world. From 1987, off the Hysteria album, it is Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me. We're going to take a listen to that. But first, Ryan, I need to thank you so much for dropping by, not just today, but for also making sure that this show for the last, oh gosh, almost six years now has been able to go off without a hitch. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm really happy to be part of the team that works on your radio show and all the other shows that we have on the network. And, you know, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I really appreciate you, Dan. I know we got to meet a couple of times uh, throughout the years. And, uh, you know, you're just a, a, a great guy and, a, and an awesome radio host. Well, thank you. If that wasn't sweet enough, here it comes. Pour some sugar on me. <laughs>
Joining me next on our special look behind the scenes of Crawl Call, this is, I gotta say, this is pretty special because we have the princess of the universe here with us. <laughs> Her other title, of course, is Accounting and Human Resources Manager. She's Angie Treasure. Angie, you are princess of the universe. That's kind of amazing. Yes. Yes, it is a title that my husband has done me, and I, I appreciate it. All right. I, I mean, of the entire universe, that's that sounds like a lot of sounds like a lot of responsibility, to be honest. It is. <laughs> so, since you know, maintaining the universe, I'm sure everything else comes uh, is not nearly as as stress filled. But let's find out what is it that you do at Voice America. Tell everybody out there what your involvement is. Well, I am um, accounting and HR, so I basically, um, I receive all the monies that come in from our clients. Um, I pay the bills, I pay the employees, um, and I make sure that everything uh, runs smoothly. Just out of curiosity in that, can you pay my bills for me too, since you, <laughs> since you like paying bills? Can you know? Sure, I just need your checkbook. Nope, you can, Voice America would, I'm sure they would love to pay some of my bills. That would be great. How long have you been with Voice America? That's probably one of the more important things. I have been with Voice America for six years. For six years. And tell me, is anything in those six years stand out as uh, a very memorable moment uh, of being there? Anything special that's happened in that time? You know, I would have to say um, my most special moment, um, I was actually working in the social media department at that time, and I got to go to the daytime Emmys with you. With me? What was I doing? Well, I know why I was there. It's, you know, it's funny for people who haven't been, um, you know, we see these... we see the award shows on TV and we get an idea of what it's like and, and we see all of the, the red carpets. What was it like for you being there, having you know all of that sort of in your mind? How did it measure up? How did it stack up to um, what you expected? It was way more than I ever expected um, to be that close to some of the, you know, the stars and, and people that you've seen on television for many, many years. Because growing up, my mom watched soap operas. Um, so to see them, that they're actually real, because in, in your head you get this larger than life um, um, idea of them. And then to sit there and listen to the interviews and things, it humanizes them and makes you realize that they're just like... You and I. 
They are. They just, you know, have a lot more people getting them together than I think yeah. <laughs> you were. Right. And makeup and money. Yeah. Was there anyone particular that you were really excited to see or uh, maybe someone that you didn't expect to see that you were sort of excited that they, they crossed your path? Um, it would have to be Shamar Moore. A lot of people felt that way. Uh, there's yes. a lot of, there's people who swoon, there's people who pass out, there's people who throw undergarments at him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't quite go that far, but yeah, I was pretty star, starstruck with that one. Okay, so let me find out with that, we're finding out the things that you've done there. How, in this grand scheme of Krollcallian magic, uh, what are some of the things that you have done to, I mean, there's so many things that I need done to get this show and so many people who help me that, you know, I, I don't think people out there realize. I think it's just sort of me and everything magically happens. What are some of the things along the way that you can say that you've, uh, you've helped out with? How do you, how do you fit into the Kroll Call picture here? Well, I would have to say, going back to my social media days, helping um, get get the word out, um, and just being um, a, a fan, a listener, and a lifetime Crowleyan. I, I think that's that's perfect. There's nothing better, you know, than to be a lifelong Crowleyan. So, I need to find out from you because if it's not something that we talk about on the show, there is no show. I need to know about food. So. We've heard from Ryan that he has this thing for rolls that are his favorite Thanksgiving <laughs> idea. What for you, when holidays come and you're gathering around, what is the food that you need to have? The green beans. Okay, tell me about the green beans. Just regular green beans or is it the green beans with the little French onion crunchy things? Tell me, tell me about the green beans. Just regular green beans with onions and bacon. Bacon. Yes. Everything is better have to have bacon. bacon. I don't know that I've ever had bacon on green beans. Oh, they're very good. You'll have to try it. Oh, my gosh. Everyone out there, if you're listening, please forget the green beans. Tell me what your favorite thing is to have bacon on. Maybe it's something that is unusual. Maybe it's something that is a family recipe. Oh. Tweet us at Kroll Call Show, or you can tweet me directly at Dan J. Kroll because, you know, I love talking about food. <laughs> I want to hear what you guys are adding bacon on. And while you're doing that, Angie is going to tell us her little earworm song, the song that she will admit, at least, to getting stuck in her head on from time to time, maybe singing. I don't know if, if you rock out quite like, uh, you know, your husband does with the pour some sugar on me. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what your choice is. So, without further ado, what's your earworm song, Angie? Well, I'll have to put his song out of my head because now it's in my head, too. <laughs> but um, it would have to be... Um, it used to be when I was younger, uh, we are the champions that was stuck in my head all the time. But as time has gone on, um, it's, um, Katy Perry, Eye of the Tiger that resonates in my head and it's just makes you feel strong. I think the, 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 uh, what you call it? roar, it's roar, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny. It, those one of those songs that I would not consider to be an earworm until someone like you comes along and mentions it, and now I'll be <laughs> da, 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 da. yeah. I, now I'll be singing that. Well, oh gosh, now you've done to me what your husband did to you with the pour some yeah. sugar on me. You can vision her on a lion. <laughs> I can. It's like a halftime Super Bowl performance. So. Yeah. 
I guess without further ado, we need to listen to Roar. It's a more recent song. It's from 2013 from Prism. It's Katy Perry's Roar. But before we do that, Angie, I want to thank you so much for being here, not just because this is the day after Thanksgiving. It's more of a a year-round thank you for all of the things that you do to help me get this show together. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you for all that you do. All right, everybody, get ready to roar. Here's Katy Perry. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I sit quietly, agreed politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fell for everything. You held me Shake the ground, you help me 
Up next on our behind-the-scenes look at Curl Call is someone whose official title is production manager, but I have to tell you, Randy Jackman does a lot more than that to make sure that this show somehow manages to get off the ground. Randy, thank you first for being here today. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And thanks for, in general, I mean, I I have to say it. it, your title should be Magic Man, it should be uh, anything, because I have to say, there's a lot that goes on that that needs to be done for me to get this show on the air each and every week. Definitely, definitely, and I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, you know, um, from start to finish, it pretty much goes down to once you find out what your topic's going to be for the week, you go ahead and get us that information. Um, I make sure that we have an engineer who is Matt um, that is available for you to run the show uh, each and every week. He's been your engineer for, gosh, uh, going on over three, four years now. That sounds about um, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the long, long time. And uh, I make sure he's pretty much got everything from sound bites that you send in to information as far as guest backup information or just a guest list that's going to be on your show. Um, I make sure pretty much all that is set and ready to go for him. So when he comes in, it's it's an easy transition to jump onto your show and, and do the fantastic job he does every week. He really um, does. And yeah. as I was saying to John in the last segment, it's not always that easy i mean what you're saying is true that's the way that it should go but randy there are times where up until a couple minutes before a show we don't even know if a guest is going to be calling in for sure because they haven't confirmed and a lot of times there is uh sort of craziness and a lot of people are are playing it by ear and they're they're we're you know counting it down you know five four three two and we have no idea what's going to happen that to me i have to admit it's kind of fun even though it makes me crazy um Makes you a little crazy, but uh, we've got it on this end. You already know we have you uh, definitely handled on this end and make sure nothing's going to go wrong. Now, again, that is up to the guests if they're going to show up on time, if you're going to pull your hair out, uh, you know, a minute before the show. But normally all your guests are pretty good. They're on time. They're there and they're ready to go. So. Now, you speak of this very calmly, very uh, sort of collected. How long have you been doing this? It sounds... You know, just judging by strictly talking, it sounds like you've been doing this for a little bit of time here. Long time, long time. I just passed eight years uh, wow. with the uh, with the network, so uh, going going on a decade here, and uh, it's been a great time. Uh, I actually started off uh, doing a little bit of video work and uh, some in-studio recordings and whatnot and kind of moved up the ladder to uh, where I'm at today and I work closely with Ryan Treasure, VP of Operations, and uh, it's been a great eight years and uh, definitely uh, enough time to keep you calm and and know what to do uh, in those situations, so... So there may have been times, I mean, you've been there now for eight years. There may have been some times where things weren't zen or things were a little crazy, things that you've learned. You know, we're going to be talking about in the course of this hour that just a handful of years ago, Randy, there were things that Voice America is doing on the radio side and the TV side that weren't even really possible. The idea of of watching streaming video or listening to a show like Kroll Call from a mobile device was not possible. So for you, what are some of the highlights? What are some of the fun things that you've picked up on or learned or, or experienced over the last eight years? 
some of the things um, have definitely been the the different channels that I've been involved with uh, that we have created and, and brought onto the network. Um, some other fun things that we've done. Uh, we had a power up channel at one point. We did a lot of um, of off site recording and uh, live on air recordings as far as uh, NASCAR goes or um, IJSBA, which would be the jet ski finals. Um, people from all around the world showing up here in, in our backyard, and and that was really cool. Um, I've done a lot of video work, like I said earlier, um, over the the eight years as well. It's just really interesting to go out and meet all the different people, um, not just in here in Arizona where we're located, but all throughout the entire world. Um, a lot of lot of great things going on, um, even coming up for the future. And uh, I know you're you'll you'll be proud, like you have been for for quite some time. So, I've got to say, uh, in the last segment, I don't know if you happened to hear, John was saying he likes the idea of doing a twenty four seven broadcast of me, just to see how long <laughs> I can go, how many days, how many hours. Um, I'm thinking roundabout by oh, the thirtieth hour. I may have run out of things to talk about. I, I may be, you know, stretched for time. But, yeah. uh, you know, Dan TV or, or Dan Radio, just me <laughs> and seeing how long. No sleeping. Or, you know, maybe that would be uh, the overnight hours. I, I'm, I'm not sure. 30 hours is is, is pretty impressive. Um, I know if you took a couple hour breaks in between there, you'd come back with a lot more content. So uh, that, that's one thing you definitely don't run out of there, huh, Dan? You know, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm hoping that, you know, the overnight hours of me snoring wouldn't end up with higher ratings than than some of the other things. You never know. That would not be so good. So it is the day after Thanksgiving. We cannot, at least I cannot, I cannot go through without asking guests what their favorite thing is that they look forward to at the holiday table. So is there a particular food that you know, maybe either taste better at the holidays or that you look forward to because it's only available around the holiday times. Let's talk food. What's on that What's on that uh, must-have list for you? Mine would definitely have to be my mother's fruit salad. Um, really? It is like no other. Um, she has to make me my own separate bowl oh. that no one else can touch. It's that important to me. Okay. Um, everyone has to stay off of that. I eat probably three or four bowls before the turkey kicks in and I end up crashing. Um, so that is definitely uh, my go-to food for uh, Thanksgiving around the table. I don't want to have anyone give away any family secret recipes, but... I mean, what is what goes on in this fruit salad? What makes it so special? Is it? Is she kind of has taken my grandmother's recipe and kind of spiced it up a little. Oh. Um, a lot of different fruits than what would go in a normal one. You know, she throws strawberries, which aren't normally in there. Um, she'll throw all different kinds of things that you normally wouldn't see in one as far as the the mixings that she puts in there. It's just not what you would see at a normal Thanksgiving well, dinner. And it's I kind mean, of a family thing. You so. say things that you don't expect there. Now I'm thinking, you know, hot dogs and uh, no, no. <laughs> it's a fruit <laughs> salad not. with a with a side of hot dogs and some sriracha no, or I don't no, know. It's just, with with fruit <laughs> salad, the, they they put the normal things: grapes, uh, apples. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom goes above me on. She okay. puts fruits that probably shouldn't be in there, but they are, and it's delicious. And and that's my that that's pretty much. My I dish. am fine with that. I would much <laughs> rather have a fruit salad with strange fruit in or, or bizarre than any kind of vegetable. Yeah, vegetables. There are just you go. Evil. There you go. Sorry. 
Sorry. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, now that I'm going to be obsessing over this fruit salad idea and, and trying to figure out how I can work it into future holiday meals, I need to get my mind off of that and think of something else. So as we are going to be doing all our... I need to find out from you what your earworm song is. What song do you find pops into your head that you just can't shake, whether it's when you're perhaps cleaning the kitchen or eating fruit salad and you're thinking, oh, and, you know, oops, I did it again comes into your head or I don't know, or Michael Jackson, you know. What is your song? uh, Around the holidays, and I'm going to go around the holidays because that's really when things pop up in my head as far as songs I want to listen to, and that would probably be Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. Uh, that's just one thing every holiday that is probably on in my house almost every day of the holiday just because it's one of those songs that get you moving. It, it brings back those old memories. It's an older song by Mariah Carey, and uh, it's just it, it gets my whole house moving. No one's in the grumpy mood. You know, it's just one of those great holiday songs. So, You know, and I have to say, this, to me, even though this is, is a, a pop song and it's more recent, I mean, it, it's 1994. That's far more recent mm-hmm. than some of the other songs. Oh, yeah. This would be, I would much rather hear All I Want for Christmas is You than perhaps The Little Drummer Boy. The Little Drummer Boy, in fairness, true disclosure, it makes me want to go around punching people. I hate that <laughs> song. <laughs> that, and I can see clearly now, you know, I can see clearly now the yep, rain is good. Uh-huh, that, it makes, yep. it just, it brings out a side of me that I haven't seen since I've played Uno. It just, <laughs> you just want to punch the radio. <laughs> I just want to, no, I just want to just, yeah, you know, uh, somebody, oh, come, they told me, pump, you know, punch them in the head. That's it, I'm sorry. I know this is meant to be a thankful and a festive show, but I have to share this, so. Hey, at least it. you're being honest. At least you're being honest. And I came out with a Mariah Carey song, so I'm being honest as well. <laughs> well, if we are being honest, the most honest thing that I can say is really the reason for doing this show is, you know, it may be a day late, but this is a way for me to say thank you to everyone who has helped make this show possible for around about six years or so now. And I, I mean, truly, when I say I come on and I talk about whatever pops into my head, it would not get to that point if it were not for you and for everyone else behind the scenes. So consider this as a, a big thank you show. Well, I appreciate it, Dan. And I am thankful for you for, for being a host for so long. And uh, gosh, you're six years. You're pushing almost 10 years with me. So uh, we're, we're right there with each other. Well, I still have, <laughs> uh, according to from what we heard in, in the last segment with John, I still have about 712 years left on my contract. So <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. But at least, well, I guess I kind of am because now we're going to take a listen to All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. It's from her 1994 album, Merry Christmas. It's not quite Christmas, but, you know, they've had up Christmas decorations in Target for a couple of months now. Let's take a listen to that, and we will be back with more of our After Thanksgiving special. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree.
So in the last couple of segments, you've heard about the folks behind the scenes who do sort of the technical stuff in getting this show together and ready for the air each and every week. But you may also want to know about some of the folks who make other parts of this show happen. And if it were none for these people, it would just be me for an hour every week filling air talking about things I've overheard in a restaurant. The next couple of guests are the ones who get the actual talent on the show because, you know, I like I said, I need someone to talk to. Bren Coombs has been helping me out and getting people and fun people here for quite a while. And I thought, what better way to thank her than to have her come on the air and say to your face or to your ear, as the case may be, Bren, thanks for helping out with all the things you do with Crow Call. My pleasure. It's been a blast. So let's get to the, the, the bit of this. I, I think people forget when they watch talk shows, Bren, that you know they'll watch Oprah or they watched when Letterman was on and every night there would be four or five guests and that's what you come to expect. You have a show, there are guests. But what they don't know is there are probably dozens and dozens and dozens of people who get all of those guests. It's not as easy as one might think to get guests on a talk show. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of emailing back and forth, a lot of schedules, and trying to match everyone up. Um, it's kind of like like being a soccer mom and and having everybody's schedules laid out and having to plug everything in to make it all work. <laughs> I didn't actually think of soccer mom, but that's interesting. So let's go straight to the dream guest. Is there, if you could, is there? Anyone in the world, in the universe, who you think would be the ultimate get to have as a guest on Kroll Call? I think Heidi Klum would be a lot of fun. Just <laughs> I bet. <laughs> she, she, she's hilarious. She's personable. She's done so many different things. She does a lot of charity work. She's, you know, yeah. uh, a judge on TV. She has her own TV show. Um, she's got fashion lines she designs shoes i saw some birkenstocks that she had designed recently um no yeah, i think, I think you're right she would be yeah i mean it, it's funny because she's one who started off as a model and you think you know okay they'll be a model for you know five years however long it lasts and then they'll drift off to obscurity and she is one who not only built a brand but in building that brand, she's done a whole lot of good. And I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but we like people who do good here on the show. Yes, that's one of the things that I like about the show as well. So, of the guests who you've gotten, you don't have to name any names, but let's let's go to the other side. Has there been anyone who's just been really hard to get? I will put it out there, um, put so it takes some of the, the blame off of everyone else. I've tried to get Susan Lucci on this show. I've tried many, many times. And surprisingly, it's been very difficult to get her. She's a very busy woman. So I mean, even as we're speaking, she's doing charity events. And, you know, she's got the, the devious maids. And she did the All My Children for a, a thousand years and stuff. Um, she's someone who I would love to get on the show. But it's been really hard, unfortunately, to get her. Right. Um, she's definitely... One of the the hard ones. Also, um, don't have to name the name. We can just uh, zip around <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean there there are some people that um, 
we've almost had a couple of times, and then they get called onto set, or something happens with their child, or it seems like there are a couple people who are very interested in being on, but multiple times something has happened to where they haven't been able to get on. So now it's kind of a challenge of when and how can we get that person. If I'm not mistaken, and if I am, we'll edit it out of the show and no one will ever know that I've made this mistake, but I believe you helped me get Paula Patton on the show. Am I correct with that? I did. Easiest booking, I swear, in the world. You know, Jigundo star, um, then wife, may still be Robin Thicke. Um, and it was like easy. Um, it was surprisingly easy, easier than some folks who we haven't gotten who <laughs> are not nearly as famous. <laughs> <It's so fun. laughs> you know, uh, it's surprising. It's it's interesting to me who's uh, easily accessible and who isn't. Um, and for folks out there, it really doesn't equate to someone's star power. Some folks are more private. Some people, are, I guess, are just you know would show up at a grand opening of a Dunkin' Donuts maybe. We should do that. Oh, go to a Dunkin' Donuts and get guests? Yeah. <laughs> that would be, we could maybe do a live curl call broadcast from a Dunkin' Donuts or a Krispy Kreme or something and just, um, I mean, in between eating donuts, we could interview donut eaters? Yeah. I mean, they have those national whatever days on National Donut Day. Crow the, call at the donut shop. <laughs> there are so many national days. I would either be 700 pounds or never want to eat food ever again. I mean, every time I'm turning around, somebody's posting on, on Twitter or Facebook that it's National Hamburger Day, then it's National Fried Chicken Day, then it's some sort of horrible green vegetable that nobody wants anything to do with day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but that actually is a good segue for talking about Thanksgiving. Yesterday, of course, was Thanksgiving, and I'm just curious. I'd like to know what people like to eat. Do you have a special uh, holiday dish, something that maybe either tastes better at Thanksgiving or, or any of the holidays or something that you can only get at the holidays so it makes it even more special? I'm all about pie, and mm, pie. My, my mom only makes this particular type of of pie for Thanksgiving. So she has my great-grandmother's recipe for a country apple pie and then for a pumpkin pie. And no matter how much we ask throughout the rest of the year, she will only make it for Thanksgiving. And we have tried making it at other times during the year, and my sister and I just cannot seem to get the recipe right. So it has to be made by my mother for Thanksgiving. And I actually like it the day after when it's cold mm -hmm. with um, whipped cream on top. Now, you put whipped so cream it, on apple pie as well or just on the pumpkin? Yeah, well, the, the apple pie, I like to, the, the crust kind of puffs up, and I like to just kind of squirt it up under there so it's kind of oh. integrated in with the apples. How do you feel about ice cream on pie? Oh, I'm, I, yeah, I, I would say more so when it's fresh and warm than you don't really want to put ice cream on a cold pie. But This will surprise people. I don't really like ice cream on pie. I think that they should be left alone. I don't think that they should be anywhere near each other. Sort of like, never mind, I won't say what I was about to say. <laughs> it would what get about pie-flavored ice cream? That's weird, too. Um, I'm like a, this is another weird bit about me. Like, I like cherries. I will eat 
cherries, great, love them, wonderful. I don't like cherry-flavored stuff. Like, I think cherry popsicles and cherry lollipops don't really taste like cherries that you pick off a tree. So I'm not really a fan of that. So I don't like things that aren't supposed to be, you know, like I wouldn't want bacon-flavored ice cream because I like bacon and I like ice cream, but I don't want them together. That's not normal in my head. I mean, there's a lot of things in my head that aren't normal, but that's just one of them. I was actually having a conversation with someone about this the other day about how there's bacon-infused, bacon-flavored everything, but you wouldn't have someone offering you chicken-flavored chocolate or or chicken ice cream or hamburger cookies. So why do we put bacon in everything now? I don't know because I think bacon is a guilty pleasure for a lot of people. Um, I mean, they even, if I, I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, Google me and, or tweet me at Dan J. Kroll or at Kroll Call Show and let me know. I even think that they have bacon-flavored infused vodkas. At the very least, they have pie and they have, you know, birthday cake-flavored vodkas. But again, um, I don't know. There, I, I think when you have bacon everything, somewhere along the line, it takes away the joy of just eating a strip of bacon when you can have a bacon cupcake and people are putting bacon in ice cream and they're yeah no no just no no <laughs> sorry i feel very strongly about this and i i feel that people who don't like pie or things like that i feel like there's they're, they're just un-american if you don't like pie it doesn't have to be apple pie if you don't like a pie or a cake or a cupcake or cookie or something you're not american uh, yeah I, i'm with you on that <laughs> And for those of you who are listening who are international or who have come to America, um, if you like pie, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure they have pie everywhere. I've been to a lot of places, and I've never been anywhere where they didn't have pie of some sort. That's it. I mean, that's my thought. I, I, I feel like I said. Uh, again, tweet if you have pie thoughts, if you have pie concerns, if you think that I'm a communist for not wanting ice cream on my pie, tweet me and let me know that too. And while you're doing all of your tweets about pie, we have to find out what is going on in Bren's mind in terms of our earworm song. Bren, as I'm sure you know by now, throughout the hour, we've been asking guests to give us one, possibly, of the many songs that get stuck in their head and get in there and you wind up singing it and can't shake it out, maybe even get other people to sing it with you. So I'm curious where, what songs sort of get rattling around in your head? The one that, that comes to mind for me is Walking on Sunshine by <laughs> Katrina and the Waves. And I don't know why. Um, it's not It's not really even a song that I sing out loud or listen to or can even think of ever having had the CD or, or tape or anything, but that always gets in my head multiple times a week and um and it's one that i actually don't mind being there now when you hear the song or when it gets there for me it's kind of hard to not be happy or at least smile when that song comes on there's something about that song whether it gets stuck in your head or not it kind of makes you happy oh absolutely and and it's definitely a toe tapper too or or it's not really one that, that you like. definitely have to dance to, but you have to move your body a little bit at least, or at I least mean, like nod your head. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I do a back and forth head, like a little 
yeah kind of it's it's yeah it's a happy song so what do you say if it's not already stuck in their heads by now what do you say we uh get this song stuck in in the listeners minds Absolutely. Well, Brent, I want to thank you not just for being here today, but for all of the stuff that you do for the show. Again, the show, while people think of me with the show, it could not be done without all of you guys behind the scenes as well. Happy to do it. All right, everybody. Let's take a listen to Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. It goes all the way back to 1983 from their self-titled album. And I dare you not to sing along.
We have come to almost the end of this week's special behind-the-scenes look at how Kroll Call gets on the air each and every week. But as I've said, it isn't just me. It isn't just the folks in the technical side who make the little hamster run in the wheel to get everything powered up so that all of this goodness goes out to you. We also have people who help me get the amazing people who you hear me interview on the show. And I could not get nearly as many guests if it were not for my next guest. Kat, what is it that you do to get people to agree to come on this crazy show and talk to me and my crazy self? Hello there. Well, I send out a lot of emails of talking to people, getting them interested and excited about being on the show. Um, I do research, see who has different projects coming up, um, TV shows to music. I think what people want to know is, do you have to bribe people? Do you promise them cookies and then they get here and they're like, wait a minute, you said there would be cookies. (laughs) I haven't had to bribe with cookies yet. But you had to bribe them with other things, apparently. <laughs> See, like, we haven't had to go desperate yet. We, we've had to bribe people, but we haven't had to get to cookies yet. Okay, well, great. Thanks so much. I just tell them how charming you are in there. They're ready. So we lie. Wonderful. <laughs> just, just great. Just what I want to hear, that we are now lying to these poor people. And after, you know, 60 minutes of chatter, they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. We were waiting for the charming host. <laughs> is this, this is it? This is the show? Whatever. Okay. So <laughs> I asked Bren in the last segment if she had the ability, what would be her dream guest that she could book? Um, you know, I, I think hers was interesting picking Heidi Klum, so I'm going to pose it to you as well. If you had the ability, I mean, and it, it can be, you know, uh, someone who isn't necessarily accessible. It could be someone who means something to you. Who would be your like dream get for this show? Well, the first person that came to mind is Ricky Martin. I would love to get him on the show. He's had such a huge career and the things that he does with his philanthropy I think he would just make an amazing guest and he's such a great guy he would just it would be an amazing interview I think what would be fun too is also to get you know talk to him about being a dad and you know there's we've got the really it's it's that full circle the full uh, i mean he's he's nowhere near the end of his circle obviously but to go from you know heartthrob uh, long before even thinking about you know having kids um to going and you know being a grown-up and be able to have that whole discussion that whole arc of of career and and fatherhood i think that could actually be that could be a lot of fun so uh, yeah, I mean, a father of twins. That's... I don't even want to know. <laughs> I know, don't want to know. Um, I mean, it would. <laughs> I get. I mean, it would be. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it would be. It, it's fine if that's what happens. If you know, if if God has the stork land with on your doorstep with two uh, babies at the same time. Um, I just think that would take a whole lot of getting used to, especially first time yeah. out of the gate. You're like, yeah, 
oh, I'm going to have to just get up a little early and there'll be feedings. And then you're like, oh, right. but wait, it's times two. <laughs> right. <laughs> how did like that Octomom, do we still call her that? Is that socially acceptable? How do you do it with like eight kids? Um, oh, good God. Oh, wow. I don't know. I mean, one is enough because these kids are so energetic now. And I mean, I think, I don't know. Is that what we're calling them? Energetic? That's the word? (laughs) That's the nice word for it. (laughs) I think we need to, this is crow call. We don't use nice words. We use, we use the real words on this show. These kids are busy. (laughs) You are, you are knocked out and just, end of the day, time to go to sleep. Knocked out, though. That's a good segue to finding out the other thing. I mean, we're, we'll get to your earworm at some point. We, you know, want to know what people do and all that other stuff. But, you know, people are still recovering from their big Thanksgiving meal yesterday. I need mm-hmm. to know from you, is there a certain holiday dish? Is there a certain food that you wait for all year long until, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, some other holiday time, that, you know, you wait for that one particular dish? I know there's got to be one. Oh, my goodness. Don't you lie probably, to me. Probably, I would probably say sweet potato pie. I'll mm. go straight to the dessert. <laughs> a lot of people have, in the course of this hour, a lot of people are focused on on desserts. We've got, you know, <laughs> apple pies. We've got the, the interesting uh, fruit salad. We've got, uh, well, you know, a couple of people who said they wanted everything. So, yeah. No, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with pie. There's, there's something very comforting about pie. Yes. Hmm. Yes. And it's just amazing. <laughs> now, are you picky? Will you only eat certain people's sweet potato pie? Or are you happy if, you know, someone just shows up on your step with a sweet potato pie? You'll be like, thanks. <laughs> I'm not too picky. You're lying uh, to me. It, that... it, might de- it might depend on how it looks, though. Okay. Okay. If I knew there have... was an asterisk. Because <laughs> you, you answered that a little too diplomatically. Like, you know, somebody <laughs> might be listening whose pie you really don't want, but you know that they're going to bring it, and you ha- can't say, oh, well, you know, Aunt Gladys's pie is terrible. Oops, right, she shows right. up. Um, right. If it looks like you forgot it in the oven, you keep it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always the others who forget it in the oven and then cover it up with 17 layers of whipped cream, and you don't know that they forgot it in the oven. Yeah, yeah, we, we we have to have a chat about that because no, don't. <laughs> because that would leave lingering horrible, horrible things. Because I mean, nightmares of bad desserts. There's a yeah. dessert. Dessert was not meant to be bad. There exactly. are few things, few things sadder in this world than a not good dessert. Yes, because dessert's supposed to make you happy. I mean, the only thing I can think of that's sadder is like when I eat a salad and there's a little piece of tomato on it and I didn't know and I eat the tomato and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've just ate a tomato and that's it. I'm done. You know, who expects to have vegetables in a salad? Yuck. I mean, you know, how dare they? Oh, yes. The the salad at Kroll Manor is... Uh, just lettuce usually uh, it's like you know bring BYOVs be, bring your own vegetables if you want <laughs> any um, but 
What we do have, though, is we usually have a lot of music. And as we've been doing all hour for one last time, well, before I get to pick mine, Kat, what is your earworm song? What is a song that maybe more than others you find rattling around in your head? Perhaps you sing it in the car with no music or you're singing it in the shower or, you know, maybe it's a ringtone on your phone. I need to know. <laughs> Actually, it is the ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I did not know that. I was just making that up. I had no idea. Uh, this is a, a true crawl call miracle. Uh, so yes, it is. <laughs> now I need to know what it is. I Actually, I feel like I should just call you and see what happens when your phone rings. But um, tell me what it is. Okay. Um, it is Drag Me Down by One Direction. I've been listening to their album for the last week, and this that song has just been in my head for days. Uh-huh. I just... Okay. So are you, would you say you have a thing for boy band music? Are you a big boy band music fan? He says, with already knowing the answer, but... <laughs> Is doing it because it's an interview and I'm supposed to pretend like I don't know. Yes, yes. I am. I My boy band love goes back to the 80s. So from Menudo to New Kids on the Block and just recently started listening to One Direction. Now they're short a member, didn't one? Isn't aren't they the ones that one of the people left and he's off doing something and whatever? Yeah, Bane left earlier this year. Do we want to talk about this, or is this a, is this a sore subject? Will the One Directioners come after me if I talk about this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've only been uh, I've only been listening to their music for like four weeks, so okay. I don't know. So but. if you <laughs> out there listening uh, like what I just said about. Uh, one Direction, you can tweet at Kroll Call Show. If you're going to send me angry messages about how I don't know anything about One Direction, just tweet at Kroll Call. I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure the man who's a ninja with that account would love to hear from you. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so that's it. As I've been saying to my guests, this show, while it is the day after Thanksgiving, it is sort of a continuation for me of... All of the thanks that I have to give, and Kat, I'm fully aware that this show could not take place without you helping me out, get some guests, and all that other good stuff. So I wanted to bring you on the show and thank you, and of course to you know give the gift of music to the people who are listening. All right, well you're so welcome. It's such a joy. I'm having a blast. It's been a really great experience, and I look forward to continuing to work with you and bringing on more guests and. Look forward to seeing what we can do in 2016. Well, Ricky Martin, if you're listening, we want someone to say, drag me down to Kroll Call because, you know, we want you. But in the meantime, we have to take a listen to Cat's Choice. It's Drag Me Down by One Direction. I've got fire for a heart. I'm not scared of the dark. You've never seen it look so easy. I got a river for a soul. And baby, you're a boat. Baby, you're my only reason. If I didn't have you, there would be nothing left The shell of a man that could never be his best If I didn't have you, I'd never see the sun It's taught me how to be someone, yeah All my life, you stood
stood by me when no one else was ever behind me all these lights they can't blind me with your love nobody can drag me down. all my life you stood by me when no one else was ever behind me As I might, I am not able to have a episode here of Crow Call without having a guest. And one of my favorite guests of the past year, and probably even longer than that, is here because, you know, let's be honest, I need to have someone with a like mind help me out with picking some of these earworms. And I want to find out what it's like for him to be a guest here on the show. Richard Sims, happy day after Thanksgiving to you. Why, thank you. I hope your meal did not burn coal manor to the ground. Well, it didn't, and everything, you know, seemed to go without a hitch, but that makes me have to ask you, since you brought it up, one of the other questions that we're talking about here on the show is, do you have a favorite holiday meal or dish, something that, you know, when the holidays roll around, it's the thing that you most look forward to? Any meal that includes potatoes is mm. like I love I love Thanksgiving because you get the mashed potatoes and creamed corn um, but if you know honestly if it involves if you give me french fries I'll consider any day a holiday <laughs> do you have a least favorite form uh, or way that potatoes can be prepared 
Uh, gosh. Anything that involves vegetables. I don't want no vegetables with my potatoes. I'm with seed corn. That's not really a vegetable. But, uh, yeah, I also, I'm going to confess something that, Uh-oh. like, I know makes me a horrible human being, but I do not really like turkey. And <gasps> I'm not big on, I'm not big on the whole Thanksgiving meal. It's, it seems like so much work for something that's over so quickly. I, it's just not my thing. It's interesting, though. This year, I've encountered a lot of people who have said that they really don't care for turkey, that, you know, they'll eat it on Thanksgiving because that's what you do, but that they don't crave or desire turkey any other time of the year. Now, for me, I actually enjoy turkey. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's on Thanksgiving. It's any more special than the other days. Um, but do you, you cook, do you cook a whole turkey any other time of year? Well, no, nobody does. I don't even know that they right. sell full turkeys any other time of the year <laughs> other than, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Do they? I don't think they do. I think they do. I mean, you can get like ground turkey and you can get a, maybe a, a turkey breast, um, or something. You know what we're going to do? We're going to compare notes in like February and see <laughs> if they sell whole turkeys. <laughs> I am setting a reminder in my phone that I will look the next time I'm in a store in, you know, a weird time of the year. So other than that, the thing that we're talking about, of course, it's a behind the scenes look at everything that goes into making an episode of Curl Call. We have talked to the people who book the guests. We have talked to the people who do all of the technical stuff that somehow makes me uh, sort of go out through the airwaves of the interwebs and find people on all of their devices, and, you know, there I am. Let me talk to you as a guest, as someone who's been here, as even somebody who has done uh, a guest hosting spot on a couple of times when I wasn't able to do the show. Tell me your experiences of what goes on behind the scenes and your sort of take on all of that. Well, my very favorite thing is when we do a show that is completely unplanned. Like, you'll just call me and be like, hey, do I do a show tonight? And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and we come on, and neither of us knows what the heck we're going to talk about. And I think, you know, I think listeners have heard the two of us banter enough that I think they get a kick out of it, too, that they get a kick out of just hearing, you know, us having what is basically a normal conversation. And what's even more fun is when we say, okay, come to the show prepared with three weird news stories, you know? And you just never know what the other ones. We've talked about some very bizarre things. And so, yeah, it's just it's just sort of fun. I, I like that. I like, the, I like the idea that the conversation can go absolutely anywhere. I think the thing that people really do need to know is that even when we are, uh, I'm using these in in air quotes, but even when we are scripted in that we have a topic that we're going to talk about, like this interview right now, where we have a loose idea of it, we often just go from there. It really is, you know, okay, we need to at least hit on these couple of points. We would talk about soaps or we talk about primetime TV. We want to make sure that we talk about perhaps certain shows or certain things that are going on. But outside of that, we don't really, rarely, I don't even know if we have ever done it, where we've discussed, oh, this is what we absolutely have to say about this. It's just sort of, hey, let's talk about, oh, pumpkins. And uh, I agree. And what's really funny about that is, and, and I don't think the listeners would notice, but I would notice because I know you, and I know that you sort of, in your head, you sort of have, okay, then we're going to segue into this, and then we'll segue into that. And, you know, you have this, like, like sort of a vague flight plan of where we're going to go in your head. And sometimes I will take us so far off course that listening to you try and find a segue into what we're going to talk about next is 
hysterical. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like, well, okay, so we talked about balloons filled with urine, and now we're going to go to our next topic, which is all sweet from the Marvel You know, like, like it's so fun to listen to you try and get from where I went to where we need to go next. It's funny though, because you talk about going off track. I have to tell you that the other day for the very first time there was a highway here in the new village where Coral Manor is that's been planned for 60 years so long before either you and I were uh, thought of it finally opened and I decided to take it and see where it would lead me to it didn't really take me anywhere that was really helpful whatsoever um, but you know going off the beaded beaten path and, and trying new things and sort of not knowing where I'm going I mean, that was that was part of it. That was my segue for that. So, you know, it may work. It may not work. I think it worked. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. You think what you need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I do think absolutely 100% outside of all of the other things, we need to hear your choice. You know, and maybe we don't need to hear it because we did a – Songs of Soaps earlier in the year. I think that was back in, gosh, it might have been back in March or so, where we were. Yeah, I think it was. That's crazy. Yeah, I think it was my birthday weekend, where some of your song choices were a little out there. I want to know what a Richard Sims earworm is. I want to know what sort of song gets lodged in your head that you are, you know, swiffering the house and humming or singing this particular song. So. Um, it's it. funny because this happened just earlier today. I was, <laughs> okay. I was packing lunches and, um, we have an iPod that plays, you know, it's connected to the household music system. And all of a sudden this song came on and I'm not even kidding. Charlie walked in and I was dancing in the kitchen. I was <laughs> full on dancing and I don't know how long he stood there watching before he laughed so loud that I, I obviously that. noticed, but it was, it was Kylie Minogue's All the Lovers. Uh, that song, I swear, they could play it at a funeral and I'd be dancing on the grave because it is just that catchy and just, oh my God, it just makes me happy. It fills me with joy. Just talking about it makes me want to dance. I was actually wondering, because you mentioned Kylie Minogue, the thing that I thought you were going to go, which would have been decidedly clever, was to pick the song, Can't Get You Out of My Head, considering we're doing songs that, you know, we can't get out of our head. But I also could have gone with, given that we were talking about going off track, Locomotion, which she did a version of. You are correct. And strangely enough, and not maybe strangely enough, but hers was the only version released nationally and commercially uh, commercially that didn't go to number one. Little Eva's did. Uh, Grand Funk Railroad did a version. Kylie Minogue's got to number two. I don't remember who kept her out of number one, but I was really disappointed because I liked her version of the Locomotion. But, you know. That's just my I can't opinion. believe you know that. <laughs> you know, like, I forget this random song. You know, that's the only version of this song. You are, you are the modern Casey Kasem. You are the modern Casey Kasem. I just, I have these things that get lodged into my head, and they're just there, just waiting for uh, the right moment. It's never convenient. It's never at a trivia contest. It would never be on Jeopardy. Oh, you know, maybe it would. <laughs> it's me trying to do, you know, a three-minute interview with someone for a day after Thanksgiving show, and, you know, bam! Locomotion pops into my head. So, you know, that's what I've got. It works. <laughs> I want to thank you for all of your many numerous appearances here. As I've been telling guests all hour, since this is the day after Thanksgiving, I am extending sort of that 
giving of thanks, an extra day, as I think is our right to do, to thank everybody who really, really helps me out on this show. And having you here and knowing when you come on that I don't really have to, you know, do a whole lot extra. I don't have to rein you in. I don't have to worry about you ever having a loss for words. So I want to thank you for that. <laughs> That's for sure. No, thank you. because Thank you. Because, I, I mean, I genuinely, genuinely... Every single time I'm on the show, I have a blast. I absolutely love talking to you. You are you are just someone who, as in real life, I, I enjoy talking to you. It's 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 weirdly even funner on the phone uh, because I know other people are listening, and I don't know maybe I'm an exhibitionist. <laughs> Well, get re- I mean, if this is a whole lot of fun, uh, I can't imagine what it's like watching you dance around the kitchen, but we're going to find out because we're going to play from the 2010 album Aphrodite. It's Kylie Minogue, All the Lovers. Richard, thank you. Dance. It's all I want to do, so won't you dance? I'm standing here with you, why won't you move? I'll get inside your groove, because I'm a
And that is going to bring us to the end of our behind-the-scenes look at Curl Call. All of the people who helped me put this show on the air each and every week, I have had the opportunity to thank them, but I want to take this moment in time to say a very special thank you to all of you out there who listen to the show, whether it's live every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, or anytime on demand in our archives at crawlcall.com. I wouldn't have a show to put together if it weren't for all of you out there listening and tweeting me at Dan J. Kroll or at Kroll Call Show. I love to hear from you, and, you know, I really do want to hear what your earworm songs are, so please fire them off to me. Let me know which songs are sort of down there in your head. If you haven't listened to any of our shows on demand, here's a little added incentive. This week's show is in a special two-hour version with more interviews and more music. It's in our archives. Head over there right now, curlcall.com. Go to the archives. You can listen to it. I guarantee you will love it. Or you will absolutely hate it because you're going to be having a lot of amazing songs rattling around in your head. You'll be, you know, at the supermarket and you will be singing those. But there is one more song that needs to be played. It is, of course, my pick. And I have gone through, I want to say something like eight thousand songs to try to come up with just the one that is really most in there most of the time. My first pick would have been A Higher High by Natalie Archangel, which is the theme song to this show, but I thought that maybe that was cheating. But I do have to tell you, I will be singing that just about anywhere in the house, sometimes when I reach up on a shelf and say I have to reach up a little higher, I will break into a higher high. Yes, I know that's a little weird, but I mean, what do you expect from me after six years of this show? One of my alternate picks was Ships by Barry Manilow. I have no idea why, but this song has been in my head for the past few weeks. I will belt out Almost all of the song can't quite hit one of the notes at full volume, but that actually makes it even more entertaining. That being said, the song that I did pick is a song that will always get me singing along. If I am in the car, oh boy, look out. I will sing this at the top of my lungs. There is sort of a little rap part in here that I will just start chanting while strolling the aisles of the Target. It is, we're not really going back all that far on this one. We're going to 1987 from a group known as Swing Out Sister, and this song that I will break out singing into is, oddly enough, Breakout. So the next time the phone rings, pick it up. It could be some really fun hold music that you'll be singing for the rest of the day, or the Kroll Call. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to get to going because I've got some singing to do.
Your 